All right. Welcome to another episode of Gin and Truth. I am your captain of this ship, Robert motherfucking Reed. I got a glass full of Hendrix and a head full of thoughts. Let's go. Gang, I, I, I've been ranting about this stuff since I got on Twitter and I, I, on the back of a video I made yesterday for Twitter and basically 49 years on this planet, I think it's high time that I do an episode on some racial shit. Now, as with most of the stuff that I do, there's not a script, so I may be bouncing all around, but uh, let's do it. And so, gang, I, I want to start off with kind of expanding a little bit on the Twitter video that I made yesterday about someone basically telling me just to get over it. Now, for the one millionth time, because I've said it on Twitter, I've done videos on it on Twitter. And so now, hey, when was the last time I plugged my Twitter handle? At RCRead40. At RCRead40. Go hit me up. Let's have a conversation. But on Twitter, if you have followed me, you know I have said my job description 14 million times. Well, now here's 14 million times and one. I'm a women's self-defense teacher. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to bless this episode with a little bit of this delicious Hendrix. This one is for all the ladies that have come to me and who will come to me because sadly, the crime of rape and sexual assault probably won't go away in my lifetime. And I will always, for as long as I am physically and mentally able to teach women how to fight, for all of you who are strong enough to face this fucking demon, this one's for you. Hold on. Mmm. Delicious. Gin and truth. Let's go. Now, back to what I was saying. By my calculations, one of the oldest stories of sexual violence, and to this day, me and this lady are still friends. We were friends kind of before. We had this moment. And now, fucking, I can't do without her. She came to one of my classes, not the individuals, and she held me after because she felt she was ready to tell me what brought her to a self-defense seminar. Gang, she proceeded to tell me a story that was fucking gut-wrenching. And she kept talking about the 40 Acres, the University of Texas. I was able, can you know, hear pop in the background? I'm doing this one in the kitchen because it's a nice day outside. I was able to do the math and I realized she was talking about a rape that happened because at this point she was in her early 50s. She was talking about a rape that happened a quarter of a century ago. Now, while she's telling me this story and in my mind, I, I can still see it. I can tell when she was immediately transported back to that moment. Her emotional reaction was like what happened was 25 minutes ago, not 25 years. She started yelling at me. Why me, Robert? Why me? I wasn't dressed like a slut. Why me, Robert? 
I didn't ask for it. Robert, I didn't even know him. Why me? Then she started crying. Then she started screaming. Then she started punching me. And I sat there and I took it. Because God damn it, that's what you're supposed to do. And we sat. Since then, we've had dinner a million fucking times. We've laughed. We've cried. We check in on each other. She's fantastic. Now, what kind of asshole would I have been as if she's in the middle of telling me this traumatic story? And the moment I realize she's talking about something from 25 years ago, what kind of asshole would I be if I told her to get over it? What? 25 years? Come on. Come on. You haven't had some better dick since then? Get over it. Come on. That's in your past. What kind of asshole, what kind of monster would you see me as if that was my response to someone who was raped? Now, I don't even apologize for making such an extreme example. And let me tell you why. Every time someone tells a black person to get over the atrocities of slavery, Jim Crow, racial violence, every time we're told to get over it, it's the exact same thing. Now, gang, I'm not even 50 yet. I can tell you some gut-wrenching motherfucking ass stories. And I've said it before. I think I said it in my very first one. What's a movie for some? What's a story for someone else? What's a rap song? Is real life for me. I'm 49 years old. This atrocious shit that people think is so far in the past? No, it's not. And so when you fix your mouth, and when I say you, every fucking time, gang, I have been told to get over it, it's been by a white person. And I bet you I can speak for all my black brothers and sisters out there in the fam. Every time we're told to get over it, it's a white person. And like I said in my video yesterday, if you have never taken one fucking step in my shoes, how dare you tell me to get over it? Can you hear the anger in my voice? That's some genuine ass shit. And it makes me mad because, again, it seems like it's logic that doesn't get applied much anywhere else. Like I said with the rape survivor. I would be a monster to the nth degree if I told her, just get over it. That was 25 years ago. I remember someone at work, we were having this discussion, and this person, you know, likes to, you know, rely on facts and stuff like that. And this person was telling me how they can't have conversations with some of their Democrat friends. Pardon me. <clears throat> how about this? Throats get a little bit dry. You know what time it is. Hold on. Mmm. Delicious. Gin and truth. Let's go. This person, this was during the Trump presidency, which was pretty much just yesterday. And she was telling me how 
her Democratic friends have just kind of shut down the conversation. They, they don't want to hear it. They're like, well, well I didn't want to hear the facts, Robert. Why don't they want to hear facts? And I said, let me break it down like this right here. What if your son in the seventh grade got the shit kicked out of him? Just absolutely fucking pummeled to the point to where you need reconstructive surgery to put his face back together. Now, you know who did it without a shadow of a doubt. Seventh grade, that's when it happens. Now, years later, that exact same kid runs for the governor of Texas. You're not going to sit there and listen to that fucker's plan on how he's going to repair the state of Texas. You don't care about the facts at that point. You want to know why? Because he's an asshole. Would you vote for him? Do you want to have a conversation about the facts? Or would you just say, fuck him? Those people that you're talking about, those Democrats, in this case, they were women. You don't know their story, do you? Here's a man in Donald Trump who has what? How many dozens of credible accusations of sex crimes? Do you think those rape survivors want to hear about your fucking facts? No, that's why they're shutting you down. Sometimes, unlike what Ben Shapiro says, sometimes feelings trump your fucking facts. Now let's stick with this boy. What if that had actually happened? And she came to me and was crying about her son getting his ass handed to him in the seventh grade. And I told her to get over it. I don't have kids. I don't know what it's like to have my son's face kicked in. Again, what kind of monster would I be if I told someone like that to just get over it? That's what it's like when you tell a black person to just fucking get over it. To tell us to stop living in the past. Like I said yesterday in my Twitter video, how can we stop living in the past when you guys keep shoving it in our fucking face? Don't ask more from me than what you're willing to give yourself. I would love to turn the page, but it's hard to turn the page when I'm turning on Robert E. Lee Boulevard. I can't get over it because it is emotionally and almost physically impossible. Now, I went to the University of Texas at Austin. I love my school, just like I love this country. When people say, well, why don't you move to China? Because you asshole, I love my country so much, I'm willing to criticize the shit out of it because I want it to get better. If not for me, for the generation after me. I love UT. And if I had to do it all again and wreck my body and my head, I'd sign up twice. I would. Now at UT, there's a, a stack of buildings called the Six Pack. The reason why, there's three buildings on the right, three buildings on the left. Kind of like a six pack of beer when you buy it. Those six buildings are named after Confederate war generals. Now you only... Like, well, the Austin airport has a, a enormous, beautiful statue of Barbara Jordan. She's earned it. Yeah, you can sure you can find faults in her past. She wasn't perfect. She's a human. 
but I bet you she didn't fight to continue slavery. You name buildings, you name museums, you name streets and libraries, all that. It's a it's an honor. Do you really think we should be honoring men who would have, who literally fought to keep people who look like me in human bondage? And if you say yes, you don't get to call me your friend anymore. You don't. Slavery just wasn't some fucking shit that you saw in 77 Roots with Kunta Kinte. That's some real shit with some real repercussions. And don't worry, we're going to hit those repercussions. My throat's getting a little bit dry. You know what time it is. Hold on. Gin and truth. Let's go. Now, again, back to all these fucking statues and shit like that. Again, you do that because you are honoring somebody. I said this also, I think, in my very first podcast. We, we, we talk at each other. We don't talk to each other anymore. I know that in this instance because what's the common comeback when you tell people we need to change that fucking street name or the name of that library or something? Well, Robert, you can't change history. Asshole, I'm a black dude. Do I look like I want the outcome of the Civil War fucking changed? No, I don't. I love it that the South lost. You understand? For as bad as things are, it would have been a little bit worse if Robert E. Lee would have won. So that's just a talking point that people are programmed to throw at you. Go rehabilitate your argument. Because if all you got for me is you can't change the past, asshole, I don't want to change the past. And again, you want me to get over it, but you're not helping me do it. And yeah, I need help. And by I, I mean every person with my skin tone. It's an analogy I've used before. You wouldn't ask Jewish kids to go to an Adolf Hitler high, so don't tell black kids they got to go to Robert E. Lee. What in the hell is the matter with you? Again, don't tell me to get over it. Don't tell me it's in the past. You keep shoving the past in my fucking face. So no, I'm not going to get over it. I can't get over it. I would love to, but you're not helping. What are you willing to put on my drink? Are you going to march next to me when I go to another town hall meeting to, to have a discussion on whether schools should be named after Robert E. Lee, Jefferson Davis? What are you willing to do? Don't put that shit on me. I didn't build this system. Don't ask me to break it down. Well, Robert, yeah, what, what's the other uh, common comeback? You've never been a slave. I've never owned one. What have I done? Let me tell you what you've done. You have benefited off of a country that was built for your success. And by your, I mean the majority, because I, I've talked to people who are struggling, who are white. You're like, well, where's my white privilege, Robert? Then you don't understand the concept. Yeah, there are going to be some poor white people. Yeah, there are going to be some white people who get fucked for job interviews. I get it. 
The thing is, the system will never discriminate against you. The system will never discriminate against you simply because you're white. There's the difference. There's the fucking difference. Like I said, uh, previous episodes. It wasn't racism that your kid didn't get into their first choice of schools. Racism, like I told y'all, was my dad literally being told, no niggers allowed. Now, again, I stick with UT because that's where I went to school. But again, my dad, who's in his mid-70s, was told no niggers. Everyone at or around my age whose parents went to UT, they said, let me roll out the red carpet for you. Did you know not nary one of my grandparents went to college? Don't even have a high school degree, a degree diploma. Did you know that? Your grandparents went to UT. They rolled out the red carpet. It wasn't even a topic of fucking conversation for my mom. Big mama, I can't even talk about that story. I'll cry my monkey ass off. The system was not built for my success. Don't ask me to break it down. You're the one who built it. That's your job. So again, it's not some perverse form of reverse racism. Well, Robert, what did I do? The better question is, what didn't you do? And by you, I mean, again, how hard did white people really have to work? when you were only batting against a fraction of the available competition, right? The oldest baseball argument on the books. Is Babe Ruth truly the best of all time? I say fuck no. Why? There was a little thing called the Negro Leagues. He never, he never stepped in the batter's box against those black players. How do we know? So again, when Again, again, this is an ancient history game. This is my lifetime. This is my parents' lifetime. Don't ask me to get over it when you aren't willing to pitch in. Now, I told you, I'm all over the fucking place. I'm still tired. <laughs> I'm not sleeping much. So let's get a little bit focused. And you know how we focus on this show? With a little bit of Hendrix. Hold on. Mm, delicious. Gin and truth. Let's go. So let me just continue babbling. This is helping me out. So again, all these statues and monuments. Let, let's talk about the timing of these statues and monuments. Did you know these statues and monuments and building names and everything else came after the Civil War? After Reconstruction. You want to know why they did it? Thanks for playing. I'll tell you, they did it as a reminder. Just like my friend I was telling you about who was hurt 25 years before. What kind of asshole would I be if I found the picture of the man who did that and plastered it inside of her house? And still had the audacity to tell her, why don't you get over it? It's in your past. How can I, Robert? You put the picture of my rapist inside my house. Again, when I walk in 
to Jefferson Davis Central and you still have the nutsack to tell me to get over it? Come on, man. And again, these statues were put up during Reconstruction, after the war. Why? As a reminder, it was meant to intimidate. And guess what? Mission fucking accomplished. Again, in the past, my ass. Get over it? I don't think so. I would love to, but not enough people are helping the fuck out. Right? I've played against Robert E. Lee High Schools. Now, with my family's history, and I've, I've splattered some of that on Twitter. Uh, maybe I'll get into it when uh, it's time to record the second portion of this one. I'm a nice guy. I, I'm a nice guy. That being said, I was pretty good at football for a reason. <laughs> I love dunking people on their head. I've broken ribs before. Felt absolutely nothing. And I would have done it again if you would have stayed in the game. I would have cracked the other side of his rib cage. I don't give a shit. Him or me. Feast or famine, motherfucker. You got the same pads I've got. That's football. But I was never a cheap shot artist. I've never played dirty. That's not my style. You step on that football field, Jack, you know what time it is. No one thinks they're signing up for tennis. Nobody. You know what you're getting yourself into for the most part when you strap on. Now, that being said, when I played Robert E. Lee, I went just a little bit extra. Confederate colors. Confederate flag on the side of the helmet. A black kid's got to stare at that for three fucking hours. The mascot was a big foam eight-foot body of Robert E. Lee running up and down the sidelines with a big plastic sword. You may hear Bubba barking here in a little bit. <laughs> Every time they did something good, which was rare, you'll never guess what song their high school band played. Dixie. Oh, yeah. I stepped on the gas pedal just a little bit more. You're taught in football. You keep your feet moving until the echo of the whistle. In other words, you give it everything you got. Let's just say I may have done it one second after the echo of the whistle. You're going to make a black kid sit there and look at that fucking imagery, and you still tell me, Robert, it's in the past. Why don't you get over it? Once again, what have you done to help? You made a black kid stare at the fucking rebel flag. And if you think I'm bullshitting, listen to my voice. Do I sound like I'm acting? You wouldn't plaster an attacker's picture in their victim's house. Don't make me look at a fucking rebel flag. Clearly, I don't like it. And by I, I mean most of us who look like me. So again, don't tell me to get over it when you haven't done shit to help out. Let's hit some of this fucking Hendrix. Hold on. Mm. Gin and truth. Let's go. So that's kind of my song and dance about the whole rebel flag and racial imagery and shit like that. Again, don't ask more for me than what you're willing to give yourself. Gang, I would love to never talk about this ever again. I don't like it. I don't. None of us do. I would love to be 100% equal. But again, this society isn't built for that.
Again, don't look at me. Look at yourself. And if you think you haven't benefited, my white brothers and sisters, hate to tell you, but you probably have. What have you done to help out? Seriously, I, I would love to know. So as we move on, I'm also thinking about some bullshit. And I, because y'all know how I do with the whole ex wife thing. And yeah, I officially uh, preemptively divorced Megan McCain. And she was just one of a thousand people that ever since like last year when the United States went nuts over the George Floyd and the racial shit that was going on, how many people bastardized Martin Luther King quotes? How many people sat there and said, well, what would him okay? Okay, let, let me tell y'all something. First and foremost, it reminds me of a conversation I had at work. And the person I was talking to, I straight up told this person, today's villains are tomorrow's heroes. Because this person was ragging on the whole Colin Kaepernick stuff. And I told her, look, chances are not your sons, but your grandsons and granddaughters. They're going to read about Colin Kaepernick in history books, and he will be called a hero. Being the anti-Colin Kaepernick person she was, she violently disagreed. I told this person, look at Martin Luther King. This country hated that man. Do you know what she said? Uh-uh. We've always loved Martin Luther King. <laughs> and I broke down some shit, and I was like, yo, we, we murdered this guy. This country loved him so much. We shot him. That doesn't sound like love to me. And now people love to say, you know, like last year's riots and lootings and all this shit that was going on. Martin Luther King wouldn't have stood for this. Yeah, you're kind of wrong. Now, I don't like looting. I don't. MLK didn't like looting. But I remember Martin Luther King said he doesn't like it, but he understands it. Looting is the language of the ignored. So all you fuckers who want to sit here and continue to say, well, what about Martin Luther King? You're saying it because we're 50 years removed from Martin Luther King. It's easy to love him now. We hated him back then. Just like I said in another episode, the whole troops thing. You got to support the troops. Shut the fuck up. I was in high school for the Gulf War. You know what we weren't doing? Supporting the troops. It was actually more popular to say you didn't support the troops back then, right? We're fighting for oil. You, you remember that? I told you about my dad in Vietnam. We loved the troops so much, my dad had to go under the fucking airport when he came back stateside. This is all popular now. Just like Megan McCain and everyone else. Oh, well, what about Martin Luther King? You're saying it now because it's 2020. You said it last year because it was 2019. If it was the 1950s and 60s, you would have called him a nigger. You would have said exactly what you say to me. What do you have to complain about? That's what you would have done. And you bastardized his quotes. 
and you sit here and you act like he was this most phenomenal person. This country hated this man. I do believe it was three years after his death. I can't remember the name of the magazine, but it was like the top 10 most hated people in the United States. Three years after we killed this man, he was still on the list. To say he had a negative approval rating is putting it gently. So you want to sit here and jerk him off now? Don't. Save it. It's convenient. Just like we support the troops now. When I was in high school, we hated them. We're doing it now because it's fashionable. We're quoting Martin Luther King now because it's fashionable. Now I'm going to kick some more Martin Luther King shit at you. But I'm coming on the 30-minute mark. And I'm getting a little bit better at this whole podcasting thing. I truly hope a couple of y'all get a chance to listen to this. So as usual, I'm going to stop the recording as the numbers go red now. I'm going to stop the recording. I'm going to take a piss. Hit little Hendrix. And then I'm going to come back. Jen and Truth. Let's go. All right. Welcome to another episode of Jen and Truth. I'm the captain of this ship, Robert motherfucking Reed. I got a tumbler full of Hendrix. Got a mind full of thoughts. Let's go. I'm going to be honest. I, I was not going to talk about this today. But while I was getting ready to go to work out this morning, I, I saw the news. And I saw that Major League Baseball pulled their product out of the state of Georgia. The All-Star Game which was slated to be in Georgia, is no longer. And the reason why they decided to cut ties with Georgia this year is because Georgia isn't even trying to hide the fact that they are going to bring back 1950s Jim Crow-level shit in regards to their voting policies. Now, here's the thing about what Georgia did. And then I'll get back on track. Like Trump, remember January the 6th? Of course you do. How the fuck could we forget it? If you want to jerk Trump off, you can fine tooth comb that speech. And you can find just enough pleasant Easter eggs to convince yourself that he did not incite that riot. Now, it is a fact that he said on January the 6th, let's peacefully march down Pennsylvania Avenue. He 100% said that. Now, again, if you're looking to jerk him off, that's all you needed to hear. And you can either focus on the fact on January the 6th, he said, never mind all the other fucked up shit he said during that speech. You can focus, and that's why he threw that bait out there. You can focus on the fact that he said, let's peacefully march. Or you can focus on the four and a half years of violent rhetoric he chummed the waters with. He did That is exactly what an emotional manipulator does. Same thing with this voting act. You can find just enough pleasant Easter eggs to wait, well, well, what seems to be the problem? The problem is it targets a certain portion of the population. Take a guess which population 
it's going to affect. Now, standing in line for eight hours to do your civic duty, to do what's constitutionally protected, okay, that right there is fucked up right there. Eight hours to vote, give me a break. But to say now you can't even be handed a glass of water? Come on, man. What the fuck do you think? But back on point, that's exactly why Major League Baseball pulled their product. And you can sit here and tell me how it's not racist. Guess what? You can continue to assert that you're right, but you're going to miss the fact that you're wrong. That's why Major League Baseball pulled their product. All you capitalists out there should be jerking off all over yourselves, right? The free market just made a decision. Major League Baseball decided that Georgia no longer walked the moral path that represents their company the best, so they decided to cut ties. That's exactly how capitalism works, right? Remember fucking Josh Hawley's monkey ass after the insurrection? He got on Fox News. You know Fox, the, the ones who start off every newscast by saying America's most watched and most trusted source of information. After that insurrection, Josh Hawley lost his book deal, remember? So he gets on Fox News in front of 25 million people and says, I'm being censored. Hey, fuckface, when you're telling 25 million people that you don't have a voice, you're kind of contradicting yourself. Simon Schuster made a capitalistic, uh, capital, uh, I can't even talk. Y'all know what I'm trying to say. They made a decision to not do business with you because you don't represent their company in the appropriate manner. That's 100% their choice. That's the capitalism that you guys keep jerking off about. That's exactly what Major League Baseball did. They didn't want to walk hand in hand with Georgia because Georgia isn't even trying to whisper that they're racist. Now, here's the thing. I saw it on the news, so of course, you know, you get a get on the old L computer door and you sit here and you listen to people and the, all the Colin Kaepernick shit from five years ago was starting to come back. Actually, it never left. Now it's just wrapped in a different package. Why is Papa staring at me? Hey, Papa. But it's the old Laura Ingram type shit of shut up and dribble. Why can't you do the job that you're being paid to do? That is some bullshit. And the point of today is that platforms, social messages, and athletics and entertainment have walked hand in hand since there have been platforms, entertainment, and athletics. This is nothing new. This is absolutely nothing new. I did not know this until this morning. LeBron James has financial stake in the Atlanta Braves. He is going to lose money off of the All-Star game not being played in Georgia. And even LeBron James said, this is the right thing to do. Right, that old stupid crowd of the, what is it, stay woke, go broke bullshit. First and foremost, fuck you. Honestly and truly, seriously. And here's the thing, it's kind of like when when I first started on Twitter, uh, retweeting the videos of some racist asshole getting choke slammed and I people would kick back with the whole, well, if you did that to me, I'd put you in jail. 
that person's going to go to jail. Well, here's the thing. You're threatening me with what you are afraid of. You don't think I know that? Do you think the people on those videos don't know that? We are 100% aware what the possible outcome could be. And like I said on Twitter, I'm just afraid for my life. Well, Robert, it's only a word. Then you don't have the same relationship with it. Save your fucking information. Same thing here, right? People are laughing like, ha ha, stupid athletes are losing money. Hey, asshole, you are projecting your fears on them. You don't think these men and women know that taking a knee is controversial? You don't think they're aware that if they take a certain stance, they could lose fans, sales? They know that, dumbass. You are projecting your fears upon their movement and they don't give a shit. But the whole, you know, why can't you shut up? Why, why must athletes get involved in social issues? And like I said, fuckface, they have been. And I said this last year on Twitter. I'm going to say it now on my podcast. If you are bellyaching now, you are simply showing the social issues that you don't give a damn about. Again, here, how about this? Your next door neighbor. What do you know about that fucker? Now, some of you, y'all are the best fucking friends and fine, great. <laughs> what do you know about your neighbors? What do they do for a living? Where are they from? How long they've been married? What do you really know about your neighbors? Now, if your neighbor stands up and says, I don't think we should shoot black people in the face, you'll probably agree with that message. I hope you would. Call me crazy. I think it's a good message. But how many people are going to hear your next door neighbor say that? Now, you don't have to be a sports fan. Matter of fact, you could hate sports. Everyone knows who Michael Jordan is. You may not know all his stats, but you know the name Michael Jordan, don't you? You know the name LeBron James. You now know the name Colin Kaepernick. They have a platform that your neighbor doesn't. All platforms that are that big are used to push a social agenda. It's just a matter of, do you like that social agenda or not? Hold on, how did I go 10 minutes almost without hitting a little bit of this Hendrix? You know what time it is, hold on. Mm, delicious. Gin and truth. Let's go. Celebrities in general, be them actors, athletes, singer, whatever, have always used their platforms to further a social message. Again, it's simply a matter of which ones do you not agree with? Now, let's take Tim fucking Tebow. I like Tim Tebow. I really do. His, his religious stance has been way overblown. I tried to hate him in the beginning. Like, ah, Tim Tebow. Is that a flower over there? My, my, my anger hard on for Tim Tebow, I just couldn't keep it up. So I had to sit here. It's like, well, why am I jumping on this hate Tim Tebow bandwagon? And you know what? I couldn't find the fucking reason. Yes, Tim Tebow is a Christian. No, he is actually not as obnoxious about it as people make him out to be. Now, I remember when, oh, here comes a belch. Got to be more careful. 
I remember when, you know, Tim Tebow popularity was at an all time high. And I can't remember the reporter's name. I'm looking right at him, but he writes for ESPN and he goes into the locker room to do a story about Tim Tebow when he was a uh, Denver Bronco. And without knowing, he, he goes in and he looks for basically the football locker room version of the fucking Vatican. Thought there'd be religious imagery everywhere, like a 70 foot cross hanging out, you know, the virgin statue, all that. And so he sees one that's kind of decked out like that. And he goes and sits in the locker, waiting for Tim Tebow to show up. Dude shows up. is like, someone else shows up. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? It's like, well, I'm waiting on Tim Tebow. Well, Tim's over there. It, it wasn't even his locker. And the reporter said, Tim Tebow's locker was the equivalent of a messy 10-year-old boy's bedroom. Shoe boxes, 5,000 hats. It stunk like shit. There was like one cross in there. Again, the, the Tim Tebow, the magnitude of how much he puts his Christianity in people's face has been way overblown. I like Tim Tebow. I would have a dinner with him. I don't know if he drinks. <laughs> I'd have a drink with Tim Tebow, absolutely. I also remember when uh, they announced Tim Tebow was launching an ad, a commercial that was going to be aired. And it was going to actually be aired during a fucking football game, right? Keep your politics out of my bed. Shut the fuck up. And it was a pro-life slash pro-force birth. It was a pro-life commercial. Now, I, I had my heart on set. But, ah, God damn it. He's going to go. He's going to use horrible words like you're going to go to hell. You're murdering babies. It was nothing like that. They never even used the words abortion. I don't think they even used the words pro-life. There was a lady if I remember the whole thing correctly, and she was simply telling you a story. Apparently there was a pregnancy that wasn't planned. And for this person, it wasn't even a thought. There's like, okay, you know what? This is what happened. I'm going to carry this pregnancy. Bam, bam. And she just told this beautiful story. And then out of nowhere, you see Tim Tebow, all 6'3", 250, muscly, handsome. Yes, he is. Don't, don't try and front. And he comes up. And you realize she just told the story of how Tim Tebow came to be. And Tim Tebow comes up, he hugs his mom, he kisses her on the cheek, and all he says is, thanks, mom. Something that I would do, <laughs> right? It, it, they never once wagged their fingers at you. It, it was actually a very touching commercial. I'm not pro-force birth. I'm 100% pro-choice, but I actually didn't have the problem with that commercial. And at the apex of his popularity, remember T-Boeing? Yeah, every time, before games, he'd get on a knee, put his hand on his fi uh, fist like the thinking man statue, and he would pray before the game. What did he, what did he do after every touchdown? Exact same thing. What did we call it, T-Boeing? It became like a fucking social media thing to do, right? Uh, the, the emergency room surgeon. Just cranked out a 12-hour surgery, saved two people's lives. And then that person would go out in the hallway and Tebow and post it on their Instagram or Facebook, right? It, it, it became the thing to do. Every single time his monkey ass took the field, they took a picture of his eye black. What was on his eye black? A Bible verse. 
Tim Tebow brought his social issues to the playing field. Now, for all of you who know people who sat there, oh, I'm not watching football. They're kneeling there disrespecting the flag. How many of those fuckers said, you know what? I, I can't watch football anymore. This is my escape, Robert. I, you know what? Why must Tim Tebow shove his issues into my face? I just want why don't you shut up and play the sport I'm paying you to play? How many of your friends said that? Let me answer that fucking question. Not a single one. Every person who's blowing up over Major League Baseball and their employees speaking out against racism, Tim Tebow, uh, fucking Tim Tebow, LeBron James, Colin Kaepernick, Eric Reed, all these, how many of them spoke out against Tim Tebow? Not a single fucking person. You want to know why? They like his politics. They, they love his social stance. Again, if you are bellyaching now, you are simply showing the social issues you don't give a damn about. What about Rush Limbaugh's monkey ass? Rush Limbaugh got arguably, in terms of sports broadcasting, got one of the most highly treasured positions out there. Now, for those of you who don't know, I'm not making this up. This is a fact. Monday Night Football is the longest-running television show in America. The theme song, Heavy Action, right? Da-da-da-da, pa-pa, That is one of the most fucking highly recognized theme songs there is. I did it no justice. I sing about as well as I fucking run long distance, which is not at all. You pretty much have to slit your mother's throat to even get on the list to host that show. And Rush Limbaugh's bloated racist ass sat himself on that stage. Now, let me tell you something. Rush Limbaugh, I shit out and flush down more athleticism every day than that sack of shit will ever have in his entire life. Had in his entire life. Fuck Rush Limbaugh. He's never coached. He's never played. He's never studied the game. He sat, ate nachos, drank beer, and did what every other fucking sideline know-it-all does. Well, if I was the coach or what I would have done, shut the fuck up. You don't know because you've never played. You have zero experience. How did that sack of shit get on Monday Night Football? Now, before some of y'all pop off, because I've had people tell me this, it's like, well, Robert, he didn't bring his politics to, you know, shut the fuck up. Rush Limbaugh is harsh conservatism. His voice was so powerful amongst the bigoted, the racist, that you cannot separate the man from the movement. Sorry, you can't. If I told you that Martin Luther King was actually an expert level baker, who gives a shit? Martin Luther King has been, is now, and will forever be known and linked to the civil rights movement. You cannot separate the movement from the man. Rush Limbaugh is so violently and emotionally disgusting, you cannot separate the movement from the man. 
I'm not even going to go down the laundry list, the cavalcade, the bullshit that he has said. He he represents the worst this country has to offer. Now, in a desperate attempt to keep my blood pressure down, I'm not going to repeat the shit that he has said over the years. But it's so disgusting. And this is how I know you already agree with me. If your kid got caught saying a fraction of the stuff Rush Limbaugh did, you'd beat the shit out of your kid. And if you did it, we'd call you a lousy parent. You want to know why? Because you would be. He was a hate-filled bigot, and this country made him rich for it. Rich for it. Called a college girl a slut because she thinks insurance should cover birth control pills. Now, if your dick can't get hard, hey, Blue Cross Blue Shield to the rescue. They'll cut, you know, some money off your Viagra cost. A woman wants to get birth control for whatever the fuck reason she wants to get it. That's her business. And insurance didn't cover hers. What did Rush say? We're paying for her to have sex. That makes her a slut. Hey, if I'm going to pay for you to have sex, you should cut a video. You should post it. And before any of you, oh, it wasn't that bad. If someone said that about your daughter, and if you say you wouldn't do anything, congratulations, you're a lousy parent. Fuck you. Rush Limbaugh, did, he earned that Monday night announcing spot about as much as I have earned a spot on a thoracic surgery team. Chris Carter, Michael Irvin, Steve Young, Boomer, the boom. <laughs> Fuck me. Even when I played, you knew you made it when boomers gave you a nickname, right? Rumbling, bumbling, stumbling. Mike, you're in good hands, all stop. That's half the reason why you worked hard, because you wanted Chris Berman to give you a nickname. <laughs> Did I leave anybody out? Did I say Tom Jackson, Michael Irvin, Steve Young, Chris Carter? Every single last person that I name wears a gold jacket. And if you don't know what that means, that means they are a Hall of Fame football players. The best the game has ever seen. And then you got Rush Limbaugh's monkey ass in the back. What did he do to earn that spot? I'll tell you, not a goddamn thing. And he is the face of harsh conservatism. Now, after way too long, as far as I'm concerned, Rush Limbaugh popped off and said, the only reason why Donovan McNabb is a starting quarterback in the NFL is because he's black. Let me break that down for y'all. That's bullshit. And let me tell you why that's bullshit. You cannot have a legitimate discussion about the best quarterbacks to play in the 1990s without talking about Donovan McNabb. That's not up for debate. He may not be the best, but he was definitely on the top fucking 10. And let me tell you something else about the National Football League. It is one of the most non-sentimental businesses you've ever seen. No one is investing $30 million over five years for a player 
just because they think he's a swell guy. That's what they gave Donovan McNabb. And Rush got his monkey ass up there and said it's because he was black. They fired him, finally. But he shouldn't have been there in the first place. Now, again, I ask you, and before I ask you, let's hear a little bit of this Hendrix. Hold on. Mmm. Delicious. Gin and truth. Let's go. So, again, I have to ask y'all, of all your friends who sat there and bellyate over the last X amount of years about how they can't watch sports anymore. Why are you bringing your politics and social issues to my game? This is my escape. How many of those fucking people said they can't watch it because Rush Limbaugh was on the show? How many? Let me answer that question. Not a single fucking one. Again, if you are bellyaching now, you are simply showing the social issues you don't give a damn about. Again, social awareness of any kind and athleticism has always walked hand in hand. Right? Like that lady at work I've told y'all about who said, uh, we've always loved Martin Luther King in this country. That statement is so mind-blowingly stupid, it's not worth the conversation. We didn't. And if you think I'm lying, look how his life ended. Muhammad Ali, the champ, the greatest, right? How many of us use his quotes, right? I'm so bad, I make medicine sick. That man was a fucking poet. We love him now. We do. Do you remember the controversy that came behind his name change? Apparently, this country has always fucking hated Muslims. Cassius Clay turned Muhammad Ali. Boy, that rose a stink. But you know what really put him... And everyone's crosshairs. Vietnam War. You remember? I do. But I remember the history. I wasn't alive for it. Smart asses. His famous quote. No Viet Cong has ever called me a nigger. Y'all remember that? I do. I think I'm getting the jail sentence right. He was drafted. He declined his draft status. You know what they did? They put him in jail. Hold on, I'm moving my mic. There we go. They put him in jail. Hope y'all can still hear me. Again, we love him now. Boy, did we hate him back then. All you motherfuckers who love to jerk off to the word patriotism, you would have hated him. But the important thing about the champ is that he used his platform to get his message across. Again, when your neighbor stands up and says, I don't think this war is correct. Who gives a shit what your neighbor says? But we know who Muhammad Ali is. So we use his platform to get his message across. What is so fucking hard to understand about that? Again, if you're speaking up now, you are seriously only showing the issues that you don't give a damn about. Again, Christianity is pervasive. And this, I'm not about to turn this into an ecumenical debate. Don't worry. But if it pisses you off that people are saying, you know, basically don't kill black people, why? And that's got nothing to do with the sport, right? Just do what I'm paying you to do, right? Dance, monkey, dance. That's what you're saying. 
Well, if, if, if Colin Kaepernick is saying don't kill black people, but you have zero problem with someone wearing a cross necklace, John 316 on their eye black, starting every interview with, first, I just want to thank Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. That fucker died. You guys love death. You only complain when it's a social issue you don't care about. Because what do we always hear? And you know what really gets my goat on this one? First and foremost, the national anthem was not always a part, at least of NFL football. That happened in the 2000s. The NFL got in bed with the Department of Defense. Department of Defense realized that the recruiting numbers were down. Who has a large audience full of testosterone-filled teenagers? NFL football. And so money was exchanged. Now, bam. Why? Recruiting numbers were down. You can go to that kid and tell them, look, you and it's there, and they're true. You're not chances are you're not going to be the next Lawrence Taylor. The odds are stacked against you. I can get you a job. <laughs> I can get you out of small town Mississippi. That's why they did it. Now look here. I'm looking at the clock. And I got more shit to say. So you know what time it is. I'm going to stop the recording. I'm going to take a piss. The sun's coming down a little bit. So I'm going to let the dogs out. Then I'm going to be right back. And I'm going to wrap up this portion of Gin and Truth. Let's go. Cool.